Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And this week, tell me about it, stud. It's Grease. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how you doing today? That good, huh? That good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Yep, yep, yep. Do up and do it was always my favorite. Man, one to that say. choreographer did such a good job of uh, marrying dance moves to those nonsensical lyrics, because like those like extras that'll pass by as they're doing like the we're gonna, we're gonna, like all the they all like oh yeah, that is the move you That's would do the only move with that, that, that makes sense. nonsense gobbledygook word salad that you're spewing out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh it's so good it's so good grease is a musical romantic comedy no it is not grease is the word (laughs) i think that was well established in the opening number the strangely late 70s sounding opening cartoon number the director hated that number hated it that makes sense well he was like this is like his first theatrical movie uh and so he he was like i don't really have enough pull compared to like the producers of like barry gibb people coming off of saturday night fever and whatnot Mm -hmm. um and because the song is so 70s and you're like this does not prep you for this 1950s i enjoy oh it's fun it's great it makes zero amount of sense also that animated opening of all i forgot about rizzo putting on a turtleneck that then made her neck like two miles long i totally forgot because that image used to haunt me because that was terrifying (laughs) of like the idea of putting on a turtleneck sweater and your neck is elongating like you're in a david lynch nightmare and then then her and i thought she had it worse but then there's like her and then kaniki as well like several of them then they look into the mirror and have a freeze frame and it's like in the freeze frame as they say like stalker channing is rizzo it's, they don't just freeze frame. Then they make their face look so much like a bag none of wrinkles. Of them, none of them are good caricatures in the sense that no. they're flattering. Ooh, if you none got your, of them. if that guy did your caricature on a boardwalk, you, you'd you'd bop you'd him in the be nose. Like, Give me my twenty dollars back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Grease, along with being the word, is also a musical comedy romance that came out on June sixteenth, nineteen seventy eight, and was allow it. <laughs> It was directed by Randall Kleiser and written by Bronte Woodard and based on the musical by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. And we're also doing this film. Uh, this is our first recommend from... It's our first listener request. Yes, oh, the first listener request. So thank you, Kara Kaufman, for emailing us at gmail.com and telling us that we should take... You know what? Why don't you take a look at Grease? And you know what, Kara? Uh, I'm so glad you did because this is a great, great film. Solid pick. With so many... Uh, fun casting options. Also, Grease was the highest grossing film of 1978 and at the time was the highest grossing movie musical for a long time. Well, it's like if they ever were to come out with a Wicked movie, it's the kind of thing where it also it had been running for like mm, yeah. since I think 1970, I think I is think when that's it true. opened. I think, I think it ran like, yeah, I think it that's true. It was a huge hit. So it'd totally. be the kind of thing like, yeah. oh, we gotta go take the kids to see Grease, Harold. Uh, yeah. We can't afford to take them to Broadway, but we can afford we can to take them to, to the with a local drive-in. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and but for a while, it was the third highest-grossing movie of all time after Jaws and Star Wars. Wow! Yeah, good company. You know, don't Greece. underestimate the power of tight pants. <laughs> the tightest, tightest of pants, and that goes for everybody. Everybody. I was going to say that goes for John Travolta as well as that Olivia is John. who I was speaking of. I, I know, but, you, but when in this movie, if you say like Grease and like tight pants, you're like, oh, Olivia Newton-John at the end, but then you forget like. Do Olivia you? Newton-John. Maybe you forget. <laughs> okay, well, 
Olivia Newton-John only in the last five minutes is in those ridiculously tight pants. John sure. Travolta is in the tightest of pants this entire film. Yes, she's basically in a contemporary legging look, and mm. he is in a pant. <laughs> He's in a pant. He is having to pant wearing those I pants. He, he, I bet he was... Well, he could move in them, actually, because he was dancing them. I was about to say, I bet he could It was sit the 70s. Could, they could be made of some them. kind of uh, polyester type material. Yeah, so, a lot of give. Like, they're so form-fitting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, what's the experience with Grease, Amy Joe? Had you seen it before? You could say yes. <laughs> I grew up a musical theater nerd. So, yes. <laughs> I would watch this movie, particularly, like, in middle school and early high school. And I remember going to our upstairs room, you know, where the TV was. And um, I would, for some reason, even well into high school, just had this little ritual where I was like, well, I'm going to watch Grease. So I'd make myself a peanut butter sandwich, no jelly, why sully something perfect, Uh and a glass of milk, Mm -hmm. like a real toddler. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'd be like, all right, now I can watch dancing. How often was this? Did the ritual play out? Was this, a, was this every night? No, <laughs> no, no. Was, was this every time? Like the day before school, you watch Grease? No, no, no. This was this is probably like a month, every month, every other month. Mm. I I'm someone who rewatches movies a lot. Oh sure. So sure. like I mean I would fall asleep watching Godspell. I mm. I think I watched that movie every night for a year straight to go to sleep to. But but Grease was more like middle of With the Victor day. Gaba. Victor Gaba. Could, I, could you imagine if your ritual was uh because this movie you know the movie like starts at the beginning of the school year pretty much except for like that little prologue and on the beach mm-hmm. um when we're suddenly watching love story but it, it starts like the first day of high school <laughs> i know i was like wait what is this nonsense yeah, you were confused. Um, yeah but it starts there and then it ends at the end of the year so if your ritual was at the beginning of the school year you, you like you watch it in time with where you're at in high school so you could only watch the first like 10 minutes and then you gotta wait until you're like That's getting a little more way too much work <laughs> we're also talking vhs days you can't just like pull up a chapter on a menu you know? well you just leave it paused you you, you would take it out of the <laughs> yes, <laughs> your VHS yes player. i would not be kind Pop of back in. You know? <laughs> the late fees from blockbuster if you do that uh and i saw this Maybe two times growing up, maybe maybe three times. I felt like it was a thing that was kind of like on. This was definitely a VHS watch mm-hmm. at my cousin's. Um, and I remember me and my parents, maybe my sister as well, I'm, maybe not. Maybe she's not accompanying us. Uh, we went to see in theaters the movie Polly. You know, the classic film Polly about a talking parrot who's trying to find his owner with the help of Russian janitor Tony Shalhoub. You don't. Um, I, I would contribute something, but I, I truly don't know what you're speaking I, of. I think his owner is Gina Rollins, who he's trying to get back to. Uh, this is a movie that came and went. But it was either either we were not aware of this, or my parents were and just did not care. But it was a double feature with Grease. Mm. So Polly ended, and we were like, well, that was a movie. And then the, the guys came out like, okay, well, the 10-minute break, and then Grease will start. And I was like, oh, there's another movie. My parents were like, not for us. And we went home. <laughs> We stayed for the bad one. Got to leave before the fun Ooh, one starts. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Grease or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. In the summer of 1958, local boy Danny Zuko and vacationing Sandy Olsen meet at the beach and fall in love. Christian. Yes. Where in the movie <laughs> is, is Rydell High meant to be? Um, I believe it's in California. 
Okay, in the film. In the in the, in the show, it's Chicago. Right. But I think say... in in the film, it's definitely set in California. Okay, on the, it's set on the West everyone Coast. Everyone sounds like they're from deepest Brooklyn. <laughs> And I was like, isn't that supposed to be in well, that's Chicago? Like, I mean, any tough anything. guy, any tough guy in a movie sounds like they're like deep. They, they are a transplant from Brooklyn. They absolutely do. But I was just like, this is confusing to me. But you're right. There were beaches. I just chose to. Forget. Oh, that's right. We're the cool T-Bird greasers. Rizzo, I can't believe how cute I look. You show him Romy Michelle one time and he can't stop quoting it. I've seen it twice now. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch it a third time tonight. I can't get enough. All it's right. all good. Ah, uh, listeners, I've a new convert to the Church of Romy and Michelle. It's so good. Let's fold scarves. <laughs> Let's turn back time and fold some scarves. Um, <laughs> so when the summer comes to an end, Sandy, who is going back to Australia, frets that they may never meet again. But Danny tells her that their love is only beginning. How right he is. The film moves to the start of the senior's term at Rydell High School under the watchful eye of Principal McGee, where we see Danny is the leader of the T-Birds Greaser Gang and meet the fellow members, his best friend, Kanicki, Duty, Sonny, and Putsy. Man, they all got, they all have the short end of the stick in terms of their nickname. I guess Sonny is like the least offensive, or would be if he did not look the oldest of all of them, because then it feels like they're mocking him. <laughs> oh, I just was thinking Sonny like uh, Sonny Corleone. Oh, oh, you know what he does? He does kind of look. Scott, I mean, this is of course before the set in the fifties, long before the Godfather, so it wouldn't but be a reference to that. Be aware. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he could be like a like James Caan's like third cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonny. Oh, Sonny, right? We uh, we forgot to invite you to Thanksgiving, Sonny. So sorry, so sorry. We also meet the Pink Ladies, a clique of greaser girls consisting of Leader Rizzo, Frenchie, Marty, and Jan. After her parents decide not to return to Australia, Sandy enrolls at Rydell and is befriended by Frenchie, who considers dropping out of school to become a beautician. Unaware of each other's presence at Rydell, Danny and Sandy tell their respective groups the accounts of events during the pair's brief romance. Sandy's version emphasizing the romance of the relationship, while Danny's version leaning more sexual. I've had to sing this song twice for two separate reviews. Wow. Once as Danny, once as Sandy. You're so versatile, Jeff. I could do it. I could have done them both in the same I've the same seen, version. I've only done this. In ne- like, neither was good. Neither I should not have been anywhere near either 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 Danny or Sandy. Yeah, more of I'm a, a real Eugene. Uh, real Eugene. <laughs> um, uh, I sang it once, not as a solo, of course. Uh, in middle school choir, I think we did like a, a really cool Grease medley. It, when it's when it's, it's like this is so cool, and they've only had to change half of the lyrics. I love like in high school yes, and like Bruce all Lightning like was commu- oh of course, but like community theater when you're like oh we're gonna all sing this song, and then like they actually look at the lyrics and they're like okay hold on let me print out a my, one of my favorite version. rewrites for for stuff like that mm-hmm. is of all that jazz where instead of saying where the gin is cold and the ice is hot, mm-hmm. she's like. Where the ice is no, was where the gin is cold and the piano's hot. You go where the ice is cold and the piano's hot. It was just like even even like the seventh grade. I was like, really, we're gonna say ice. The ice. I guess the ice is cold. That's I mean, it could it could have been like where the Pepsi's cold and the. I feel like at least the ice. You're like, okay, yeah, the ice is cold. Like here, here, like whatever. I'd much rather that than like where the yoo-hoo is called. <laughs> okay, yeah, now that's a bit of a stretch. It's still got a scan, you know, but oh man. I always thought, I was like, okay, I don't really know much about this gin, but I do know, uh, I say it, baby. Why is this card game cold? I Little old me does not understand this reference yet. Oh, yes. Uh, 
Uh, when Sandy finally mentions Danny's name, Rizzo arranges a surprise reunion for the two, but Danny is forced to maintain his bad boy attitude in front of his pals, upsetting he, Sandy. He does a real smooth, uh, you know, Sandy! Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah oh, whatever, yeah, baby. baby. Yeah, yeah cool, dolphins, oh, cool, cool. My uh, hair, my hair. Hey, oh, oh. Oh, I my. mean, it is what it is. I got a moment to ba 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 da I live in California. <laughs> Uh, this is me and my California accent. I'm a real surfer type. <laughs> uh, Sandy storms off and begins dating Tom Chisholm, a jock who has no lines in this movie, which is never not funny to me. But yes, he just it's great. Is, is it, like just this lumbering Neanderthal that has found himself in high school. Is it like when we watch some of our the godforsaken Arnold films that that we'll sometimes take in, mm -hmm. and he'll have his wrestler friends in roles. And oh yeah, will not he'll have like they, Sven Olthorsen yeah, and Jesse the Body Ventura. They're not meant to speak. No. They're good at other things. No. Is it is it like that? Maybe it might be like that. I mean, it is Lorenzo Lamas. He would go on to speak in many other things, like Falcon Crest and oh. Renegade, and um, <laughs> he played I, he played Dracula in a uh, in a production uh that this equity company that resided at my college uh did they would like during the summers they would do shows and my i think it was my senior year or it was either between my junior and senior year or it was my senior year they did a picture of dracula starring lorenzo lamas fascinating see i know the name but i kind of thought he was a singer um i mean I, for all i know he also is a singer but as far as i know he's just a very pretty actor and, he, and he's done like i'm sure like a million soap operas and stuff like that Kaniki unveils the used car Greased Lightning that he plans on restoring and racing. Meanwhile, Frenchie invites the girls to a pajama party, but Sandy falls ill from the sight of blood after getting her ears pierced by Frenchie, and Rizzo makes fun of her behind her back. While Sandy is outside, she soon starts to think of Danny and how much she loves him, even though he hurt her. And what a that's hopelessly devoted oh to you. Oh my gosh. Like it's it's a song that when I've heard more recently, I'm like, this is so good. But hearing Olivia Newton John blows it out of the park. Just nail it. Like yeah. I think it I think it's only like a D or a D sharp as high as it goes, but that's like not how a lot of people were singing at mm. that point in time musical theater songs. Yeah. Like with that kind of like smooth just ascendance into the higher part of one's belt it's, it's still very thrilling to listen to absolutely and so that song was written and recorded after the movie had wrapped when they realized they were like oh we they felt they needed a strong ballad for uh, yeah. olivia newton john so they had her come back and they filmed they were they've made they were created that song i believe and then rec filmed recorded and wow. filmed it like Way after the movie had wrapped uh when they were already like editing the thing well that was a good choice it really works that sure was because also that song that's the movie's single Oscar nomination. Well, and it's good. It's it a good song. It. Um, and really well staged, except for the hilarious moment where she looks into a little pool oh, and sees John Travolta no, no, no. looking back. That's I'm so thrilled that exists. It made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Oh, I it's hilarious! But <laughs> I don't think it's intended to be serious. I think it has a slight nod toward. No, camp. Okay, all right. The final song. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Dip, dip, do up a dooby doo. This is true. You are not wrong. Uh, Rizzo departs to have sex with Kaniki when the two are disturbed by Leo, a.k.a. Creator Face, leader of the T-Birds rival gang, the Scorpions, and his girlfriend, Cha-Cha. In an attempt to impress Sandy, Danny turns to Coach Calhoun to get into sports, eventually becoming a runner. I was like, how much time is this coach wasting on this kid? Because it's like a montage of like, well, how about you try this sport? And he's terrible at it. How about this sport? I'm like, is this all in one go? Or is this over the course of like weeks and weeks? 
poor Coach Calhoun has to deal with this like dumb dumb coming in, smoke like chain smoking, and like, well, at first you're gonna need to change. You're like, oh yeah, that coach, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to change my person. You know, like, you know, no, like, you no, your clothes, your drip. I know, just like working out, just like the people that work out in jeans, and you're like, why? What but... are you doing? <laughs> what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? Danny reunites with Sandy, and they attempt to go on a date, but their friends crash it. Kaniki and a distressed Rizzo argue and split up. Left alone, Frenchie is visited by a guardian angel who advises her to return to school after a mishap in beauty class leaves her with candy pink hair. What a wig. I mean, oh, and it's a delightful. wig. But I was a like, delightful. Oh, I would wear that yesterday. I mean, they just plopped that right off the cotton candy cone and right onto Frenchie's head. Just a little scoop and then boop. <laughs> just a scoop and a boop. A scoop and a boop. And now you got yourself some pink hair. I mean, perfect for the pink ladies. I think it's on brand. They should all go pink. They should all go pink. They should all go pink. The school dance arrives, broadcast live on television, and hosted by DJ Vince Fontaine, who flirts with Marty. Flirts is a... Mercilessly hits on. (laughs) Marty. Rizzo and Kaniki attempt to spite one another by bringing Leo and Cha-Cha as their dates. Danny and Sandy arrive and dance together during the hand jive contest, but Sunny pulls Sandy off the dance floor and Cha-Cha cuts in to win the contest with Danny. It looks like Sunny, but Is it not Sunny? Well, Wikipedia says Sunny. But I think it's, it might, here's now, listeners, you watch and let us know. It looks like Sunny goes Mm. in, but then when she, when Sandy, when Sandy's like been pulled back to the back of the circle. Yeah, there's some other. It's a different guy. It looks like some, like someone who's in the Scorpions gang, maybe. So, but I don't know if that's not what they actually filmed. Mm. And that was what we were, like in the wide shot, it looks like Sunny. That would make more sense if it was a member of the Scorpions. Because it really is like, why is Sunny, why would Sunny do that? And then why, none of it makes sense. It's all just like. It would make more sense if it's like Cha-Cha. Who, you know, used to go with him. Of course, of course. You know, who's also like a fierce dancer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's your track for the Don Sarah. Of course. She slays it. But, does she um, have a line? Uh, she, um, In the film, I don't know if she does. She does in the uh, in the, in the musical, stage, stage, stage play. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, yeah, she can dance. I mean, all of them. I mean, that's like one of the great yeah. things about this movie is like these people can dance and so many of these people which we'll get into uh were part of the broadway production as well as either originals or replacements uh so they really got people that could you know that had the stuff that had the chops that you could do these great wide shots of all of your like not just cutting to the ensemble also great great ensemble Mm -hmm. but have you know cut to a wide shot of like all of your main cast like doing the thing and it really shows and it's like definite uh hard work that really paid off with Mm -hmm. the choreographer as well um sandy leaves brokenhearted uh, oh, also, the dance contest was filmed during the summer when the school was closed. The gym, no air conditioning. Yeah. The doors, they had to be kept closed to control lighting. So the building became stifling hot. And on more than one occasion, an extra had to be taken out due to heat-related illness. I think I remember hearing this. I listened to some podcast interview with a couple of the cast members like a few years ago. So I And they were, I believe it was like Jan and Duty. Hmm. Um and they, yeah, I do remember them talking about just being, like, unbelievable. But you can't tell. But, like, man, because they, they've got that high energy. But, like, just imagining these, like, 100-degree oh. weather. It's swelled. Like, people, like, dropping like flies. You've got, you know, your on-set uh, medic security guard, Manny. It's like, I am sorry. I am stretched thin as it is trying to keep security in check. Look, I cannot take care of these extras. I'm hot, too. These <laughs> if, kids need to get it together. Hey, if one of the if one of the main ones drops, if you if Travolta drops, then call me. But I am guarding the perimeter. There are some sketchy characters trying to get in. This guy keeps saying that he's Sid Caesar. I do not believe I him. I don't believe it for a second. 
Oh, wait, everyone has fainted? Okay, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. Now my services make sense. Now I am turning on the hose, the classic medic security guard medic measure move. to, A, get rid of people that I don't want on my set, I hit them with the hose, and to wake up the people that have fainted. Me, Manny, the medic, says security guard. Uh, Danny tries to make it up to Sandy by taking her to a drive-in theater, but forces himself on her really grossly, causing Sandy to leave. Smartly. Yes. Meanwhile, nice. Rizzo fears she is pregnant after missing a period, and when Kamiki gets wind of it, Rizzo denies that it's his. And then, in like a scene later, slays there are worse things that I can do. Man, Stalker Channing can really act. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was it the early on? It's like oh, that great look between that her and Travolta. Great look between her and Travolta. Because her, Rizzo, and Travolta, and uh, Danny used to date. This used is like to go together. everyone. There's like 18 love triangles in this movie at different points. It was high school. I know, but it's like there's, there's so they're many. They're also like they're like from their cool cliques, so you probably want to date internally as much as possible, so that you're not having talked to the Sure, uncools. sure. But yeah, I think it's after like she has surprised Danny with her right. presence, and and, like, and then he's be- played it off, and then Sandy Lee's like, "Why, what, Danny? Why are you being like this? That's terrible, Australian. I can't do Australian." <laughs> We could work on it. We could work on it. We we'll work on it. Um, but yeah, she she like <laughs> tearfully like storms off, and then Rizzo's like, just, just like this delightful like, little like revenge that's right. look. They like it's a great. It like, was me. Oh man, and the the two of them. And I think I said after he was watching, I was like, you can tell that these are both people who like were right. well known at the time, but would go on to have long Cont- careers because oh, yeah. they can I, bring. It. I think the the your main two cast members. Oh, not including um. Eve Arden, I think, also had an Oscar nomination. But mm. Stocker Channing, John Travolta, of, like, your two that have, like, the Oscar noms that would, yeah, of course, that are, like, the ones that, like, are still mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. working as, as actors as well. I mean, Olivia Newton-John is still singing the face off. Yeah. Uh, on race day, Kanicki suffers a concussion when hit by his own car door, so Danny takes the wheel as his second, which I loved when Kanicki's like, so, well, you Danny, you remember that, that movie that we watched at the drive-in? And this takes place the scene after where they're at the drive-in when Olivia and John slams the car door and in mm-hmm. his crotch hilariously. Yeah. Um, great reaction when she hits some of the crotch of that car door. Um, but he's like, remember when we saw that movie and like the guy like had his, his, you know, his, his best friend be a second for this duel. But before the drive-in, they establish shots from the 1950s movie, The Blob. <laughs> Which I have not seen, but I am pretty sure there's not a well, duel there, there, in the blob. There's two drive-in scenes, right? Or am I are misremembering? Are two drive-in scenes? I feel like it's just the one. It's like that one. It's just a longer montage. I think it's just a long. Yeah, they're all the drive-in and then he's like forcing. There's like multiple things going on. There's like uh, Kaniki confronting Rizzo and her being right, like, it's not but, yours. But Danny like getting. She and Kaniki mm-hmm. fool around at a drive-in, right? For the first time. No, that's not a drive-in. That's, just that, that's, that was just like a make-out point. Because I'm because Leo is like you. Hey, you can't park here. Is it? Is it? Is, doesn't like they give him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, isn't it like you? You can't park here. You're a hunk of junk or like what? He's giving him some nonsense about his car. But I'm yeah. pretty sure they're not. A, well, what, what do I remember? But regardless, it doesn't unless it's a double feature of the Blob and, and zero no diversion. Ooh, could be that. Could be. Um, but I like I like to imagine that like <laughs> my best. Okay, I I've got a I've got a gun I got a gun duel. With a blob, would you be my second? Like, oh, I got injured. Uh oh, the the blob. He's got he's got a he's got a sword now. Now it's a sword duel with the blob. <laughs> I never saw the blob, and yet I'm just picturing like a cross between Jabba the Hutt and uh, like Slimer from Ghostbusters. Ooh, as the blob. that sounds right. That sounds right. Because he had arms. So I, I'm I'm sure. Listener, right in. Did Steve McQueen uh, <laughs> defeat the blob in a gun duel at the end of that film? 
Or did his best friend the second have to go on and see McQueen's place? We'll Assuming those are the know. only two There's options. There's no way to know. The world may never know. Danny and Leo race until Leo crashes and leaves humiliated with Danny as the victor. Sandy watches from afar, concluding she still loves Danny, and decides to change her attitude and looks to impress him, and asks Frenchie for help. Which is funny, because her like reprise of uh, Look at me, I'm Sandra D mm-hmm. is all in her head. And Frenchie keeps talking to her in the middle of it, so it really feels like when you're trying to like I'm trying to have this, like, I'm trying to think about this one thing. Like, what's the thing I'm trying to think of? And the person's like, hey, hey, Sandy, over here. And it's like, oh, yes, okay, I'm I'm in the middle of singing my I'm reprise. a moment, Frenchie? It's in, it's just in my head, so I know you can't hear, but, like, I'm, I'm trying to sing. I'm, try, I'm trying to sing here, uh, Frenchie. But, uh, yeah, yes, actually, actually, no, while you're here, uh, could you completely make over my image? On the last day of school, Principal McGee and her assistant Blanche sob about the departing class, which, Oh, hey, we haven't talked about Blanche, Blanche yet. so good. I just wanted to spin off of these two. Oh, my women. gosh. I think they're both in Greece too. At least Eve Arden is as the principal. I I'll think Blanche is as well. I've only seen Selection. Oh, same, too. same. At a massive school fair in the campgrounds, Rizzo discovers she's not pregnant and reunites with Kaniki. Danny has lettered in track, but is shocked when Sandy arrives dressed as a female T-bird. In song, they confess their mutual love and reconcile. Uh, and I was curious. So Jim Casey, the show's creator, mm-hmm. talked about the controversial ending of, you know, which a lot of people feel, and I agree, of like Sandy shouldn't have to change herself for Danny. Yes. And it was intended to be a spoof of all the movies where the rebel gives up his bad ways at the end and decides to turn over a new leaf and be good. So instead of having the bad boy repent and becoming a good guy at the end, which is what an audience would expect, you, the good girl goes bad, which I get in theory. I do get in theory, but number one, it's harder to do with those gender roles. Yeah. And I don't think it is... I don't think no. it is a successful execution no, 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 no. of that idea. He, Danny is wearing a sweater over his typical black clothes. If yeah. you had, if you He's really replaced his leather yeah. jacket with a lettuce sweater. Exactly. If you really showed him, like if they like completely switched places at the end, Danny's like hanging out with Eugene. Like they're, yeah. they're not, he's not, he's not part of the AV club or something. He's like, they probably didn't have an AV club in, in, in the 50s, not. but whatever the 50s equivalent of it, he's probably, they're collecting butterflies. They're like pinning butterflies together. Oh, he's yeah. like, or he, did you show him like really like, Turning over a new leaf and the map, like really trying, give him glasses, like do whatever, make him like no grease in the hair. The hair has to be straight and down and floppy. And then you can have, you're already a silly, the movie ends with them flying off in a car. You can easily then like, when he's like Sandy and his hair just goes back to being greased up, um, would totally fit in this movie. It's it's the kind of thing, if you want to do that, and again, watching it this time, I felt like it was less just like, horrifyingly sexist than I remember it being because yeah. I was like well he's doing that it just feels like it's you know she I was watching it feeling like she's making a decision that is not necessarily based in any kind of necessary reality right. like she's making a decision that's in her head yep. like and uh, so fine but I don't think that the idea that he is talking no. about is set up you need no. more setup to yeah. achieve that um, and the class celebrates their graduation at the fair, which was also, like, baking that day. Oh, it was so sunny. I am sorry. There are too many people here at this actual fair trying to get on the, uh, trying to get in the shots. I am trying to push them away. I do not have time to revive these dying 30-year-olds playing kids. keep these extras out of the shot. They're not dressed in period-appropriate attire, and certainly none of them can dance. This is not my fault. This is not part of my job description. <laughs> I am only a security guard. You have paid me to also be a medic. I have very little training in this. Very little training indeed. Okay, turning the hose on again. Uh, 
Oops, now this whole fair is a mud pit. Um, and the film ends with Sandy and Danny departing in Greased Lightning, which I'm also like, this is not your car. You're just, could you, I'd love well, if Kiki was like, Well, it's also not Danny Zuko's number in no, the musical. No, Tra- Travolta demanded it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But, well, because also they were adding more numbers for Libby Newton-John, so he was like, she's got more numbers than me, so now I need to have an equal number of numbers. Which I, I get, and also you're doing a movie, it's really yeah. different than on stage, but it's also but like, still. this is Kaniki's car. Also, it's only this time watching it that I just imagined they're driving, they're driving, they're not even driving, they're flying off, and like in the back seat, Christopher Lloyd just pops up, he's like, Danny, Sandy, oh, where we're going, we don't need roads. That's not where I went. I went to Dick Van Dyke in the back of the car, saying, oh, you... you- we love you. <laughs> but there we go. Also That's great. also the difference in also our great. interests as children. Mm-hmm. The casting director of Greece was Joel Thurm, who has also cast projects including Airplane, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, oh, what do you know? and the original casting of Taxi, which uh, Kaniki, Jeff Conaway, of course, is in as well. The other so main so thing. So is Christopher Lloyd. Well, yes, but Christopher Lloyd isn't in Greece. I just mean in terms of like, oh, we cast you in Greece, and now let me, uh, I'm going to also put you, I think the same year, Taxi like premiered the same year as Greece. Wow. Yeah. Good year. Good year. So two two things trivia that I found interesting about this film. One, Ralph Bakshi, the famed adult animator from the 1970s who did like Fritz the Cat and stuff, originally attempted to buy the rights to Greece to do a full-length animated musical out of Whoa. it. But the plans fell through, so he wound up making the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings instead. Whoa. Yeah. But, like, I mean, this is a very horny musical. Like, I understand why he would be attracted to that, Make but I cannot imagine. Cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we did not get that. But uh, well, I could Instead, we got see it. Sweet Little Bilbo and Sweet Little, <laughs> sweet little Bilbo. Yes, the rotoscoped. Little Bilbo. Um, and also, the high school that they shot right high in was right next to a pork plant, so everything smelled like bacon the entire time of filming. <laughs> Look, I like bacon, but... <gasps> oh, man. Just, like, being in that filming Born a Hand Baby, you're already... It's broiling hot, and it also smells like crispy you bacon. You already want to throw up because you're so, so hot, and then you're like, I feel like I'm ingesting bacon just by breathing. I'm sorry, I was not here to revive these dying extras. I was taking a tour of the pork plant. I had no idea how spam was made, did you? Uh, Wish I didn't know. But now, I do. Knowledge is power. Now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And, as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it, along with you, listener, for the very first time. Fresh and new. <laughs> let's kick it off with Sandy. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Olivia Newton-John, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? She's a real delight, and yeah. man, does she sing the crap out of it, you know? her face off. I have seen a lot of, I actually haven't seen this musical on stage, uh, maybe ever in completion, mm. but I've seen a lot of scenes from, and mm-hmm. certainly so many people singing all of these songs, and Sandy, it's so easy to just be so boring, so, sure. so boring, and I think she's so charming, and you really feel for her, and you like... You know, I, I think she does a really lovely job. Yeah. I like her a lot. No, totally agree. Uh, do you have uh, some I have, I have some thoughts. Nothing that I'm just like, yeah. aha. Um, that's the most brilliant thing I could have thought. But as far as like people who were contemporaries to her, yeah. um, Anne Ranking is oh, yeah. a phenomenal dancer, singer. I mean, she was in the movie of Annie and all that jazz. Right, she right. Was, she was, I think, Bob Fosse's wife after 
he and Gwen Verdon divorced. Yes. Um, so she's done a ton on Broadway. Yeah. Incredible dancer, beautiful singer, and she's about the same age. Oh. Um, I just think she's wonderful. And we know she can do like, well, I mean, it's kind of grown up ingenue, Grace Farrell mm. and Annie, but like it's it's about five years later. Yeah. So it's yeah. It would probably, I mean, again, all these people are 30 I know. playing yeah. 17. Olivia uh, Newton-John was 28 at the time 28 of at the time of filming. Um, other thoughts I had, and this was, I went back to look up a couple people in the original Broadway production, and uh, I realized that one of the replacements for Marty was Marilou Henner. Yes. Which I thought was really fun. I was like, oh, she actually make a really, she kind of walks the line. I think Marty's a great yeah. spot for Mary Lou Henner, but she would right. have been, I think by this point, well, I don't remember when she actually, because this is around the time of Taxi. 78. So this is the year. Okay. Taxi so she started. might have actually been like seen for Marty, but I feel like she, maybe, she might, might have been like a little too well known if this mm. were even a little bit later. So mm-hmm. like Sandy would make more sense for her. Um, and then this is just, I was started looking for like other singers uh, and, and just thinking like, well, they went with a pop singer right for for sandy before and i really don't know if she can act but um natalie cole is lovely oh. i had i had a hard time finding like singers of that age who yeah. felt like they would also like mm. you know cindy lopper is a little younger but was like born in the 50s like she is she, cindy lopper a sandy she is not you know what i mean it was like i could see that working for natalie cole again yeah i don't know if the woman can act but she sings real pretty love it love it um, my only thought I had would be like if it had been made in like two thousand four, mm. <laughs> would be Kristen Bell. She's really fun. Yeah, because I, I, I can see her doing like the very straight laced prim. I could see her doing the turn at the end. Yeah, uh, she was also she was in that Reefer Madness musical. She the problem the problem for me with Kristen Bell is yeah. she's so funny. Mm. I feel like she's almost, yeah, I mean, she's a wonderful actor, but I almost feel like you put her in this. You want and her as like Jan or. Yes. Yeah. You sure, almost sure. like can read the comedy off her a little. And again, she's a wonderful actor and performer, but I feel like I would rather see her do something else. Sure. I, I almost it. feel like a more like 2004 take is Amanda Seyfried. I suppose. I don't know that she can fully sing. I think just based off Mean this. Girls, I, I see her. I could see her more in that comedy, even like Patty Simcox. I could see. I, Kristen Bell also be a great Patty Simcox. Oh, I mean, there we go. Well, I, everyone I, needs to be Patty yeah. Simcox. You know what I realized also when I was looking through the original uh, Broadway company is uh, the original Patty Simcox is mm-hmm. this woman, Eileen uh, Kristen, who I did a short play with at, um, at Ensemble Studio Theater. Oh, wow. And I knew she had done Grease. Because also more backstory, my college roommate's mother was the first replacement for Sandy on Broadway. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and her dad was a conductor. There's all this family lore about Greece. Um, but so I knew that Eileen had been in it, but I didn't really choose the original Patty Simcox. So I was like, well, I'm basically a part of history uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> you sure are. Uh, so writer and producer Alan Carr met Olivia Newton-John at a party thrown by fellow Australian singer Helen Reddy. And was completely smitten and begged her to sign on for the part. And Travolta also rallied for Newton John to be cast as Sandy. Now, in the original Broadway musical, Sandy is an all-American girl, and her last name was Dombrowski. Oh, right. But since Newton John could not nail an American accent, they just changed it to Sandy Olsen and let, let her be from Australia. Which, for the best, it's like, don't well, let her have right. to worry about that. It's and... kind of like in the movie of Cabaret, you have Liza Minnelli and Michael York. And yeah. so instead of making him American and her of British, course. you're like, why fight with what we've got? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that makes it even that much more like this. You're, you're supposed to go to Australia. Like, you're here? I thought you were going back to Australia. <laughs> we had a change of plans. Yeah. 
Um, also, also, I loved this. So uh, Olivia Newton-John owned those leather pants from the end. Of course. Never wore them again, but owned them until 2019 when she auctioned them off to benefit her cancer research charity where they sold for $162,500. And you know who bought them? Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Oh. Which that feels like, I mean, those pants are like, yeah, you would want Spanx if you have to be wearing like the you tightest. Would. You want a foundation <laughs> garment for those. <laughs> to wear that look, I would need the Spanx that are legging and then the Spanx that go like up. Like I'd need like several pairs of different kinds of Spanx to yeah. make a smooth line. <laughs> that is tremendous. Uh, I love that. Oh, and the plan wasn't to have to sew her into those pants every day of filming for the end. Uh, the zipper just broke. And then they were like, ah, okay, now now we're going to have to sew them in. But she said that they had, yeah, they had to sew her into those pants every morning for a week. She said, believe me, I had to be very careful about what I ate and drank. It was excruciating yeah. because it was, that's right, I forgot. It was 106 degrees Fahrenheit. <gasps> and they're wearing black leather. Black, black. And 41 degrees Celsius for our listeners. Of which there are thousands. Not America. Yes, 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 yes. Um, wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah, wow, wow. I kind of thought she had degrees. to be like sewn into them just because the pants are so tight. They are very tight. That's a real like yeah. uh, Jean Harlow having to like be sewn into her dresses and then she wasn't able to sit down all day because oh. they were sewn so tight. So she'd have to lean on a board. So they oh, had man. a leaning board for Jean Harlow. So like anytime I see someone in something that tight, I'm like, ah, uh, the lap of luxury, board. my leaning board. Mm, glamour. <laughs> um, so let's get into it here. Some of the actors up for Sandy. Oh, man. Right off the bat, when Alan Carr first bought the rights, which I'm assuming is like pretty close to when the musical premiered and uh, opened in like 1970, Anne Margaret. Oh, oh, I yeah. love Anne Margaret. Yeah, I mean at this point though, I mean Tommy, the movie Tommy was 90, or sorry, 75. So like, well, the thing about Mrs. Walker is she can hmm. be anywhere from 21 to 37, 38 right. because of the span of time. But yes, it's tricky to walk back the I've had a child it's thing a in people's little, minds. It's a little tricky. It's a little but tricky. I think we could have done it for Anne Margaret. And if the movie, if they had like the musical premiered and they were like, let's get this movie made, like let's get filming next year, like 1971, 1972 Greece, sure. Anne yes, Margaret. Anne Margaret would be great. She's so charming. I totally know what it's speaking of film adaptations yeah. that have. A credit sequence that has nothing to do with the actual movie uh -huh. you're about to see. I now want to just watch Anne Margaret singing Bye Bye Birdie straight to camera. Oh, of course. All that hair. <laughs> oh, I played Kim McAfee when I was a child. I didn't I, look like that. I, I played uh, Albert Peterson when I was a child. <laughs> no, I was like 17. It's not a child, but I, I was, was still too young to be playing Albert. I was 13 and had braces singing about oh. being 15 and getting your braces off. So I had to get like the gray, you know, you could get the different color bands, like the little. Yes, yes, yes. I, I yes. forget what they're called. You, yeah, those are just the rubber bands. The plastic, they, the plastic yeah. things that go mm -hmm. over the braces. So instead of like a hat pink, I was like, I need something that will fit right. in the background for I am playing a character free of braces. Oh, of so I got like a gray. So yeah. you couldn't see yeah. it. Um, Susan Day. Of the Partridge family mm. was the first choice, but mm. turned it down on her manager's advice. Well, I, uh, she's yeah. good, but I think Olivia Newton-John yeah. is. Uh, I, I, and I, think, I like. What I think we she had. was still in the middle of doing of the Partridge family show, so it might have also been like, yeah. well, we don't want to mess with that. Like this is like the done deal. Who knows what this movie will do? Yeah, no one knows Oops. this movie's going to be. Uh, well, the Partridge family is the still highest in grossing. Rerun, so this is this is very very true. Marie Osmond turned oh. it down. Because she, quote, didn't want my teenagers someday to say, you know, you have to go bad to get the boy. It was just a personal choice as a someday mother. And she also said, the script came to me. 
and it was much edgier than what Olivia came up with. Mm. But I was at a place in my life where I wanted to have children, and I didn't like the fact that the girl had to turn bad to get the guy. I think the guy has to work hard to get the girl. That's what I believe. Well, and I, mean, I can't disagree. Can't disagree, but it also is very interesting because it's like, oh, of course, the the Mormon is in there <laughs> thinking about like my future children. Yeah. Um, but that's very fair. Yeah. That's very fair. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Raffin who I'm not too familiar with. She had like this 1980 movie with Diane Lane called touch by love. Uh, where it, it seemed like kind of a miracle worker ish where she's like teach it, like helping uh. young Diane Lane, who I forget what she had to help her with. Um, but, and then she was like on in death wish three and like some of seventh heaven for a while. Uh, but she was the second choice for Sandy after Susan day turned it down. But then you know why she didn't play Sandy? Because she went to a party with producer Alan Carr Helen Reddy's house, and she decided to invite along a little singer named Olivia Newton-John. Can you oh, believe no, that? she ungot herself yeah. the job. Yeah, don't invite your talented friends places, folks. If, <laughs> look, we all want our friends to have jobs, right. but if your friend is better for the job than you are, if your friend's more the, famous if your friend's the same, looking, If your friend's the same type as you, just be, just be aware. Just be aware. <laughs> Mm, oh, mm, that stinks mm. that stinks is what it does but i couldn't believe it when i was like wow because i i wouldn't have even found that trivia but i was like trying to figure out who like what else has this person been in so i was just like looking them up on their solo because of course that's not going to make it to page john's trivia but or what not, it, not even it. the trivia for greece like no, i exactly but just, it's gonna yeah, make it to like right what's the most notable thing about this person that she <sighs> didn't play sandy yep, yep. Wow. um according to travolta linda ronstadt was oh. considered that's that's interesting. I get that. I, I mean, see, I, I almost see her more as a Rizzo, but I get that from the look. Um, well, and I mean, the voice, but that, oh, I guess. I mean, I mean, see, I'm only used to. I mainly know her from Pirates of Penzance, <laughs> from the movie, and yes. from the taped version of the musical, which is almost the identical yes, cast, of course. minus Angelans plus uh, Patricia Rutledge. And Pirates of Penzance. Is- <laughs> have been klein as the pirate well yes, yes um but that's what i mainly know her from where she's so like that i so i well, can see that like Gilbert that and Sullivan. of course if you but listen such to i mean i'm proper. not like a linda ronstadt scholar you're not but if you you, you, you didn't not. you didn't major in uh linda ronstadt studies Look, i basically could have i went to musical <laughs> theater school um but to me she reads as more of a rizzo but then again sure. you know uh i think it's also like if you're gonna get someone who's like a famous person also who's playing like the lead which mm. might in a producer's mind require less acting than the secondary like like sassy friend character i guess to see to me linda ronstadt is much more of a singer than an actor so that's why i get no, but that's why i'm saying oh. you might want to put her that, they might think oh we should put her in the like sweet girl role oh i gotcha it's less hard I see. Yes. than pulling yes, off yes, this yes. like jokes and like yeah you know, attitude, attitude and that great look where it's like it was me, Travolta. I got you good got you voltage. Good. Um, now this is someone that I I think I could also see a little more as Rizzo than as Sandy. Director Randall Kleiser went to go see this performer uh on, on set. They were in the middle of shooting a a little movie called Star Wars. Oh, who could you who be could that talking be? about? That's right, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca was <laughs> the role of Sandy. <laughs> No, uh, Carrie like Fisher. David, David Carrie Krause, the Fisher, body Krause, right. of oh, boy. <laughs> Darth Vader. Uh, no, Carrie Fisher. But they were shooting like one of the battle scenes, and so he's like, according to trivia, he couldn't tell from that if she was right for the role, so he kept looking. Um, <laughs> which you know, Carrie Fisher. You know, I mean, of course, Star Wars it launched her, launched them all, yada yada yada. That was the year before, 1978. Would have been much better. If she had been able to do Greece, the highest grossing movie of that year. Opposed to what she did do in 78, 
the Star Wars holiday, holiday special. special. I was about to reference that because we do hear her sing at the end of that, and she's not as strong of a vocalist as mm. her mother. Mm. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, she's fine, but, like, if, if everyone yeah. else you're looking at are pop stars, right? it's kind of like, eh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it makes sense. Like, oh, she, she's also an actor, and it's like, maybe, who, you, you know, you could assume that her she's, like, a also a dancer right. and singer. You know, like, Liza, Liza, her daughter, Judy Garland, they're both singers. It, it, it doesn't always run in the family, but many often times I feel like it does. Well, you know, you learn at your mother's knee. Exactly. Exactly. Um, great. And that, those are all the people we had up for Sandy. So let's keep it going with Danny Zuko. Zooks. The Zooks. Amy Joe, your thoughts on John Travolta, who was 23 at the time of filming this. What a jerk. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written, this is peak Travoltage. Um, it really is. It really I, is. I just think this is the best use of Travolta we ever got. Even, I mean, Saturday Night Fever, also excellent. I would say these these two work really Such well together. Such a one-two punch. He's so charming. He looks better than he's ever looked mm. and ever will. And <laughs> Well, it'd be impossible to go back now. What sorcery would he have to do to look as good as he did in Greece? Well, I think that's what he keeps praying for Scientology, <laughs> but you know. Oh, dear. Allegedly. Uh. Alleg- don't kidnap me. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think he's wonderful. He sounds great. He's so yeah. funny. Yeah, it's great. He's great. It's like so wonderful. perfect. It's so good. Because you need the, like, not actual tough guy type. Correct. Which we'll get into, because that's how I kind of feel a bit about uh, Kaniki. Is that he feels almost like like he's play, trying to do, like, a, the drama version of mm. this. Mm. Um, apparently, there was a deleted scene between Kaniki and Rizzo before she throws that milkshake at his face, but they cut it because it was too serious. They said, like, it's like... It just really... They would, they would refer to it as the Scorsese scene. <laughs> No. Yeah. So, but Travolta, it's like him trying to be a tough guy always feels so posturing. Hey, uh, like, but it's intended. Don't to make be that me way. laugh, Sandy. <laughs> oh man, that was good. And by Classic. good, I mean preposterous. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like it's the trifecta of Saturday Night Fever, Grease, and Pulp Fiction. It is like that's oh, the Pulp best Fiction, of course, Travolta of we yeah. ever got. Three incredible performances, like as hammy and as awful as he's been in other movies. He's given us but those three things, iconic performances. Yeah, and those those qualities that somehow in other films where he's not reined in with a strong hand or where the writing isn't as clear, mm. um, that makes sense here. Yeah. He's doing a musical that is also like meant to be a slight satire of this style of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Did you have any other uh, thoughts? Oh, I, ha- I didn't give you any thoughts. Did you give any thoughts? My first thought is if this was made anytime in the last uh-huh. 20 years, I want Paul Rudd. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I can see it. He's funny. I don't um, care if he can dance yep. and sing it. I yep. want Paul Rudd. I then have, he he's a, a bit too old to do this, but if this, if this movie were made like 10 years prior, mm-hmm. then George Chikiris who won an Oscar for playing Bernardo Bernardo in the film of West Side Story, who, fun fact, originated the role of Riff in the Broadway company of West Side Story. That's right. Isn't that wild? Being like, that's right, I'm George Chikiris. I can do whatever you want me to do. do I can dance it all. (laughs) Um, But he's magnificent. uh, Oh, yeah. And he also, like, does that brooding tough guy, but also, like, he's got heart. And man, can he dance. Yeah. Uh, So Travolta was a replacement duty in the original Broadway cast of Greece, oh, I think I did, know which that. he had done clearly before this, like in the earlier seventies, uh, and had played Danny over one hundred times on the road. So it's like 
he wasn't just like the hot thing coming off of Saturday Night he Fever. He had earned it. He earned it. Um, but he had worked with producer Robert Stigwood the year before on Saturday Night Fever. So along with suggesting Newton John, Travolta also suggested the director, Randall Kleiser, who had, as I said, never directed a theatrical release before, but had directed Travolta in The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I always like to see that, of being yes. like, oh, let me see, can I, you know, lend a helping oh, hand and yeah. like pull up All this person rise, that like helped you know? give me my first like TV movie when I was like, you know, just on Welcome Back, Cotter and yeah. a small role in Carrie. He's, he's very funny in Welcome Back, Cotter. I have oh, forgotten of course, of about course. that. I, I don't mean to uh, disparage that, but I just mean it's still like a huge leap no, from I being... No, I more if we were counting good Travolta performances. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Cool. Um, John Travolta started rehearsals just four days after completing filming for Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> well, he was in dance and shape then. <laughs> he sure was. And Travolta's the one that insisted that he had blue-black hair like Elvis Presley and Rock mm. Hudson because it's surreal and it's very 1950s. Very. Also, I have to shout out here because it's been so long. I mean, I yes, sang. Please shout. Look at me. I'm Sandra D. in college because we did it all. <laughs> but um, I had completely forgotten the brilliant rhyme of elvis with pelvis it was like oh, it's great that's so good also because obviously that's like what everyone talks about with elvis so it's not like it was new but right. it was just like hearing it in that context i was like that's i mean that fun had to writing. have been a nickname for him pelvis presley well, yeah, or just the elvis the pelvis presley yeah i mean come on um so two actors who were up for danny uh travolta not the first choice first choice henry winkler who <sighs> turned it down because he feared he would be typecast for after playing Fonzie on you Happy think? Days. You think? Because he was in the middle, I looked it up, he was in the middle of season six of 11 seasons of Happy Days. Oh, so they hadn't even jumped the shark yet. Maybe it was close. Maybe it was close to when he jumped over that shark, but they had not jumped the shark yet. But he is like, I think he was like 33 at that time. So it's like if, similar wow. to like with Anne Margaret, if they had done it like earlier, then, then, sure. then that's one thing. But it's still like. Wow, Henry I, Winkler. I, but you, you know, you see like these casting directors that like, oh, no that guy's wearing the leather jacket and he's the cool guy. Make him wear the leather jacket and be the cool guy in this movie. We'll make sure we put a jukebox <laughs> uh, in the background somewhere so people will really get it. They're both know? combing the hair and. They have the hair and they're combing it, and, you know. Exactly. I have no idea if Henry Winkler can sing, but I love, love Henry Winkler. Oh, he's so great. He's so funny. So good on Barry in terms of Marks like that he's Rec. still. Oh, of course, Marks he's and so Rec. funny. Uh, and the other person, this is once again, this is when Alan Carr first bought the rights. So this is who he wanted starring alongside Anne Margaret was Elvis. Well, can you imagine? He is this though. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but that's like the, this is when, how old was he exactly. in 1970? Uh, yeah. You exactly. need an Elvis type. Right. It's like, that's the thing. If this, if the movie was made in the 50s. Then yeah. Then, yeah. I find that confusing. I do as well. Yeah. It's, I do. it's also funny because like the guys, even though they're all supposed to be in Chicago, mm -hmm. they're all clearly in Brooklyn. Right. And he's like, you know where he's from? Mississippi? Somewhere like that? Ah, that sounds right. Didn't you say it every night? Uh, in the show? I don't remember. <laughs> You've forgotten oh. all your I don't remember. That's out of my head. <laughs> I once played Listener Home. Played Sam Phillips, who's the guy that found it, like discovered Elvis, pretty much. But I don't remember. I'm not being paid anymore to remember those lines and those facts. Fair, so it's went out of my head. I, I, I had to make room for all of the facts for this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> understood. Understood. Great. So let's move on to uh, the Teen Angel or Guardian Angel. I guess he's kind of no Teen Angel. Both. He's all he, he's Teen Angel. Of course he is, but I think it's some. I, he might be actually credited as Guardian Angel or. Yeah, yeah. The character the name is, on the American angel. stage is Teen Angel. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Frankie Avalon? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? 
Frankie Avalon, very smart casting, mm. like hilariously on the nose, perfect casting. Yeah. And I think he just really delivers. Like it's yeah. really delightful. It's such a great, ridiculous, I'm kind of amazed that it, they, it's, it, they kept this song in the movie. Yeah. Um, Because it's like, a dream sequence and it's type. not even like Frenchie is singing it it's not even like your character is singing it it's just this like ridiculous song that dream sequence that like yeah. comes out of nowhere for this smaller it's character so I think part of the reason you'd want to keep it is if you're wanting to make sure that it still stays somewhere in satire land true you know that's a good point but I think it's <laughs> so funny but yeah thinking about like Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello being such symbols of like the late 50s early 60s yeah. like that casting that actor automatically gives you this kind of direct connection to that in the way that I think they were probably thinking they would do with Elvis. But I think Elvis is like, there's problems with that. But Frankie Avalon, mm. especially it's like you just guessed in, boop, yeah, you film they, for a couple days, you're, you're in, done. You're yeah, sure. As far as other thoughts, I have some that are very stupid, but I have a very good one that um, would not be today or, mm-hmm. or then. And it's Billy Porter who of played course. it in the revival in the 90s. Yes, it's, He yes. was like 25. Oh. Listener, if you've never listened to to that recording of Beauty School Dropout, do yourself pause this podcast right now. Make yourself your make yourself your peanut butter sandwich and get your glass of milk and sit down for and and think like "Mm, this dairy is going to really help me sing just like (laughs) Billy Porter. Um, I then had if it were. If it were a movie made like somewhere in the '90s, like Ricky Martin would be a really fun choice. Oh my god! Well, just if you want someone who's like, sure, I just have to come in and sing the song and look hot and have people who were like, ah, that's kind of what Ricky Martin does. And similarly, and this is a very stupid choice, um, but I think the camp value is also exactly right, and this would also be more of a '90s choice. And this is not something I want; it's Mm -hmm. just something that made me laugh, and that would be David Hasselhoff. You know what? You're not wrong. Hey, I he loves musical theater. Love it. It's it's like just stupid oh, enough boy. to be perfect yeah. for this really yeah. intentionally stupid song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not wrong. I never thought I would suggest David Hasselhoff for anything, much less a suggestion on this podcast. But it came to me and it made me giggle. It made me giggle. Yeah, but I mean, I like that much better than like because you. I could also see the world where he was like one of the like as Kanicki. Oh yes, absolutely. No, thank you. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like did absolutely. it in whatever Look, Germany. He played, he played Jekyll and Hyde. He sure did. I saw it. I saw it on the Broadway. You saw him do it. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, how, oh how? man is right <laughs> it was uh it was something it happened it happened mm. is how i'll put it great yeah <laughs> yeah um so here is who else was up for seat. Oh. oh hold the phone ring a ding ding that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of teen angel one wasn't and amy joe's to guess which is which your options are oh boy. Tom Jones. Great choice. Donny Osmond. And Elvis Presley. Hmm. All right. Of these choices, I think Tom Jones is the best casting choice vocally and also just attitudinally. Mm-hmm. He's got that sort of condescending tone. <laughs> and I love Tom Jones. <laughs> Let's be real. But... You know, there's a little something in his voice. You're like, are you talking to, are you calling me stupid? Okay. Um, I don't know if Elvis is quite funny enough to do it. And Donny Osmond, I just don't want. But this isn't what I want. This is what almost happened. Mm. Marie was up 
but I don't actually know if Donnie's older or younger. Um, I'm going to go with the lie is Donnie Osmond. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <sighs> is it Elvis? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. They, they didn't Tom want Tom Jones, Jones? is alive. Maybe they did, but as far as I know, they didn't consider him. But I considered him, and I'm so glad that you thought that I had it's a great casting option. Excellent <laughs> casting. It sounds just right in his <sighs> voice. Yeah, no, Donny Osmond is was considered, and Elvis turned it down. So in the stage play, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D had a reference to Sal Minio. But oh. he was murdered in 1976. Right. So for the that's movie, right. they changed the lyric to reference Elvis Presley and, and his pelvis. that's why I didn't remember the lyric, because I no. didn't sing it, because it's not in the original score, because now you license it with Salminio. Right. Because most people don't know that horrible story. Right. But so they changed the lyric to Elvis. But then the day they filmed Look at Me, I'm Sandra Day is the day Elvis died. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I just got chilled. <laughs> Oh, what terrible luck. What awful timing. Well, good thing they didn't ask him to play an angel. Or Danny. Gosh, can you imagine? Because that means that's that's like late Vegas Elvis. Yeah. How is that, he Danny Zuko? Well, that, that would have had to have been like in, well, when he said when he first bought the rights. Okay, so I'm okay, assuming so 1972. Like which is still like after still Elvis. Still pushing like, it. Yeah, I mean, he's still, he died so young, but he's still like. Then he was in his late 30s, opposed to his early 40s. I forget when he died. Like 40, he was like 44 or I somewhere. truly don't know. I think he's somewhere around I like I tell you 44. what, I'm definitely not. Uh, that's an Elvis scholar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's around-ish. So apologies for Elvis purists who are yelling that it was 45 or Listen, 40 Listen, we have Google too, but not in this moment. So you do your own thing and we'll go our way. Which is to say, write to Google to find out when did Elvis die. When did Elvis die? And let's move on to Tom Chisholm. Played by Lorenzo Lamas, who his role contained no spoken dialogue and also required him to dye his hair blonde to avoid looking like one of the T-Birds. Oh, dear. Um, so what'd you think of old Lorenzo Lamas? Wow. And he sings beautifully. <laughs> who would you cast if you had to cast someone like else? Like a sweet little bird. I do like that one little shot where it's him, Eugene, and Patty Simcox all dancing their ever-loving hearts out. <laughs> um, I forget if it's near... I think it's... Is it the we end? Love a character You're the one that I want? Or it's the... the Dance at the dance scene. itself it's one it's either that jive, yeah it's one of the two but either way it's like one it's it's mainly because of patty simcox who's giving her all she is like that actor go wing is for it. tremendous She's and great. i felt very called out by her performance i was like <laughs> in another life i am patty simcox and i hate me but also i have compassion for me because i get me you know what i mean i do um I do. anyway back to tom I have nothing written. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, if I had to cast someone else, I would cast a sad tuba. Because <laughs> I imagine that if we actually heard him, his voice, it would just sound like. Or probably one of Arnold's friends, like Smell like, Thorson. Or the giant, you know. Well, really, just like if, if the movie was made in like 1964 Arnold young Arnold Schwarzenegger yes, perfect. died blonde just stay. he has kind of similar faces sometimes yes. when you look at him and he's just supposed to be like is he confused or heartbroken now that Sandy's just running off to be with Danny or is he maybe hungry like I don't I don't know what this man is thinking gosh I'd love french fries <laughs> but it's not good for my caloric intake I'm know? not supposed to have french fries well well on, on this day but I can have it my cheat day when is my cheat day hold on what let me think day? When is my cheat? Mm. Cut! 
Oh, oops. I didn't even realize we were filming. Yeah. So there's, I mean, we're bringing him up because there was alternate casting. So who almost starred was this actor. I've never starred is a strong (laughs) word. Jeff. All right. The name of the podcast is now end almost Almost featuring. (laughs) um, I've never heard of this guy. This actor's name is Stephen Ford, who developed stage fright shortly before filming and backed out. But don't be too broken up because he would go on to be in such films as When Harry Met Sally, Black Hawk Down, Escape from New York, Heat, Contact, Armageddon, and played Drake Eaton on season four, episode 12 of Murder, She Wrote, Harbinger of Death, where he played a murdered defense contractor and old Jess Fletch had to prove her nephew-in-law's innocence in his murder. She has so many nephews, nieces, nephews-in-laws, nieces-in-laws, and yet we meet zero siblings. Just like you ought to think about that. It's a mystery. It is um, a mystery. Back to the the topic yeah. at hand. Who was he in When Harry Met Sally? I'll look it up. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Maybe for you, Tom. Steve Ford in When Harry Met Sally mm-hmm. played Joe. The the yes. That you the didn't guy need to show me that photo. That... I knew who you meant. <laughs> the one that she then breaks up with. Yes. That leads to the tryst. Yes. My goodness, he's excellent in that. Yeah, well, I that's can what I'm totally he's been in, he's been see so him many playing sure. a tall hunk of an athlete, dude. Yeah, that's so, essentially what he's doing there. But like, yeah. you know, with lines, it's like the grown-up version of that guy that's, who then gets into like whatever. I'm glad I made you look yeah, that up. Uh, me too. What a treat! Um, but yeah, he's in so many things. He acts all the time, and I'm like, well, that's so nice to know that someone who had stage fright and backed out of the film because of it went well, on. Also, and you're like, I'm acting opposite Olivia Newton-John, and I. Mm. I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you know who really felt that way was Jeff Conaway, who played Kanicki. He could barely be around Olivia Newton-John because he was oh. so infatuated. He would get so tongue-tied. Well, thank um, goodness he didn't have to like make out with her on camera. It's true, but he would later then marry Rona Newton-John, her sister. <gasps> you are kidding me. Hey, as long, as long as I can marry one of the Newton-Johns, I'm good. <laughs> I got the less famous one, but she's still pretty hot. Uh, That's I, wild. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. it. Um, let's move on to Coach Calhoun. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Sid Caesar, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? He's wonderful. So it's good. Sid Caesar. It's What's Sid not Caesar. to like? The only other people I have up are people who wrote on his show, namely Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just going to go hard into the type. Yeah, that like knows how to play off this comedy and like. Uh... I mean, he's young for it in '78, but I think actually Rob Reiner would be great. like he made today. Rob Reiner is like yeah, this yeah, put yeah. upon coach. Made is... today, uh, you know. If, I mean, Carl Reiner obviously just recently passed away, but like he was still like up and about yeah. and hanging out. You know, it's true. It's like, true. Two years ago, we still could have had Carl Reiner just like you know yeah. coaching from the sidelines. So with me, with Sid Caesar, where my mind went was um the Neil Simon play based around his time laughter on the 23rd floor mm-hmm. which me. where the said caesar standing was of course nathan lane is who oh my goodness I, I, also because sid caesar it's kind of like i wouldn't imagine sid caesar as this like coach of a high school type totally. so it's a bit uh, against type or may, may, maybe not but as far as like my idea of who sid caesar well, totally. was like that's also why it's like mel brooks and carl reiner yes, and people i would see on course. the page and be like right. oh you know what you should be a track and field opposed coach. to like like a walter Matthau. Oh, what a delicious <laughs> idea. Um, also, man, that scene. Actually, now that you've said that, why not Tony Curtis? Tony Curtis, great sure. coach energy. Sure. He might have been a little young at the Jack time. Lemon. Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Why is this the first we're hearing about Jack Lemon <laughs> on this pod? Well, we don't always 
pick like like what if we cast this movie like some time ago and this is our fr- like this is uh, the oldest movie we've it's done true. so far. They, Jack Lemmon's so good at acting. He, oh, he sure was. He sure was. Mm. Um, but that pep rally where we first meet Coach Calhoun. Uh, see, I never went to pep rallies in high school or college. You um, were forced. Were they like this? Because this pep rally looked like a ritual sacrifice. <laughs> there was the biggest bonfire I've ever seen for the Rydell Raiders. And they had that. Then they had the dummy. And I wrote it down. They had the dummy that said, grill the gladiators that they had lit on fire. Yeah, no, we didn't have effigies at my high school. But also we we did ours like inside and they were like, you know, third period. Everyone's coming to the pep rally. It did get to a point where I was then able to like like break away from my class and just go hide in the theater department where all of us would just go. Like I never did lunch in the lunchroom past a certain point. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to go hang out with people I like. And then in the pepper, I'm like, why am I, why am I here? (laughs) I'm certainly not attending the game. Why am I here? This ritual sacrifice. (laughs) But it also like, that was a pepper. like in the evening, Yes, with bonfires and no, ours would be inside yeah. in the gym. I really thought and that we'd fire be forced to go was going to get out of control. It did look upsetting. I really expected since he was just come out and be like, "Okay, how we all, we're all doing all right. Who wants oh, to win no. the big game? Yeah, yeah." So we've got to make our sacrifice to the high school sports team gods. So uh, now that's a movie. So that's an idea for my next screenplay. Drama department, get in line. You're the Expendables. Just hop right in. Um, you can, you can imagine that you're doing uh, Joan of Arc for this year's high school drama production. Oh, or uh, uh, the end of the Crucible. I don't know what happens then. You're uh, or the end of um, <laughs> Tennessee Williams, Orpheus descending. Oh. You you wouldn't expect me, Coach Calhoun, to, to know, know Tennessee this. Williams niche reference but i do because i'm well read in addition to being a real meathead or that or that uh that other tennessee williams uh street kind of desire but only the simpsons version the musical version where marge is swinging around on the rope you wouldn't expect me to know that a reference 15 to 20 years after this time actually if we take into account the period that we're supposed to be acting that the performance much in, further further back even than that but i am that Culture. Uh, culture. They, that's what they call me. They call me culture. culture. Coach Calhoun. Coach. Culture. My name isn't really Calhoun. It's really a abbreviation for a. I'm a culture hound. Calhoun. Calhoun. So. I think we got there. <laughs> well, we got somewhere. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, so, uh, two people. Who were uh, considered for Coach Calhoun. Was it Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner? That would be amazing if it was. It was much more surprising. Um, They wanted Harry Reams, who was an adult film star, most notably of the film Deep Throat. And I've heard two things. I've heard that he either got cold feet and got kind of like, I don't want to do this. Or Paramount Pictures were worried that his past porn roles would threaten the film's success and said you cannot hire that's really something if you are a renowned adult film star and you're like you know what i can't do (laughs) this i'm not comfortable with whatever i'm not comfortable with my clothes on man maybe Um, it could you know it's very true i don't mean to make light of it um it's just uh yeah interesting in my brain wow Wow, right uh and then in a 1976 interview so before the film uh alan carr the producer revealed and we'll get to some of them later. But he revealed like a whole bunch of people that are like are supposedly going to be in this film. Mm. And he said that the gym teacher, which I assume is Coach Calhoun, will be played by Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I think it was just to have, which the, when the, you know, the credits begin and it's like, 
they int- they start with your guest stars. So I think it's like the and you have like you got Sid Caesar. I mean that's really your main yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But I can see the idea being Alice like we'll populate. Cooper. You know, a lot of our actors aren't known. You've got Travolta, who's about to hit big, and Olivia Newton-John is a singer, but they're not like huge star stars. So let's get revival. They're like, let's get Marilyn Manson in to play the gym teacher. (laughs) Alice Cooper, though, I think very lovely as King Herod in the Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Mm -hmm. The one with John Legend, yeah, 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 that's a lovely casting choice as far as like how you're going to use that to great effect. But but as a gym teacher. Well, he's a gym of, teacher like I'm a gym teacher. Well, maybe it's like with Sid Caesar. They, you want someone like where you, you would not expect them to be the gym sure, teacher and sure. you're getting and you Alice know what? Cooper. You sure would. Right. But instead, in 78, he was in that uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band movie. Mm. The one that does not have the Beatles in it. Mm. <laughs> so much is happening in my brain. Go on, um, and that, and we'll, let's go on to the principal, played by Eve Arden. I'm, Amy Joe, your thoughts on Eve Arden? I've, I'm so good. I love her. I've written here. She is perfect. I, I would watch Grease two just for just her. Just for her. Wait, and, I wasn't Lynch. done with Please what I had written. Please continue. She is perfect. Strong drag queen energy, which Ooh. is to say, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. Also, she was like seventy. When this came yeah. out. Grease 2 is apparently her last film role before she passed away. Yeah, well, she was born in 1908. <gasps> 19. She was born before films had sound. Yeah. And then she's like, nah, I'm going to be a quippy entertainer. <laughs> she's wonderful. She's I mean, so funny. I've seen her a lot of stuff over the years, but it's a lot of movies that like I need to rewatch. Like Mildred Pierce, I haven't seen in a long time. But right. like, I'm like, well, yeah. that's a good reason to rewatch that. My other thoughts are very, they're, they're too young. But they are a similar kind of uh, energy, and that would be Eileen Brennan, ooh, who I love and adore. Like she's usually a bit more of an antagonistic energy, mm-hmm. but she's so funny. When was Clue? Eighty. Uh, oh, eighty-four. Oh, eighty-six. Okay, a little later. Eighty-five. So, like, eighty-five. Sorry. Oh, eighty-five. I mean, I don't know. she's she's Private Benjamin was like what, like nineteen? I think nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, and she's like great yeah. in that. But yeah. the, the thing about Eileen Brennan too is is even when she was young, she still had like that kind of mature energy mm, that I'm like, I right. buy that you're a principal. Sure. <laughs> so I left her and then sure. uh, uh, Carol Burnett. <gasps> That's great. Love Thank it. You. But Love can it. you imagine then mm-hmm. Eileen Brennan as the principal, Carol Burnett as the secretary who's like playing the little xylophone. <laughs> what a hoot. What a pair. Uh, I, yeah, I can see that. Maybe uh, before they did Clue, Eileen, Eileen Brennan is the principal and uh, Madeline Kahn as Blanche. Let them let's true west it where like every switch day off. every switch every scene every scene of filming scene. they switch it you're like wait who's what who? who's who wait what I don't get this <laughs> relationship and I'm like I yeah. don't care the people that I thought would be like if you did this today which would be either Christine Baranski or Allison Janney <laughs> beautiful I think between us we've covered the gamut of some. I- delicious so, choices too. but eve arden is so good she's magnificent and also I think what a name eve, eve arden. arden um mm. i think my favorite part is after the dance scene when the uh duty sunny and um putsy i keep wanting to call him primus <laughs> when primus. i don't know why yeah that's the, the greasers are jamming with primus um <laughs> but when they moon the camera and she is like 
calling out to other pieces from school. It's like, we have the pictures. <laughs> we are like the FBI. <laughs> we, are sent the, we have sent the pictures off to the FBI. They are analyzing them now. Yes, I think, yes, I have written down here, the FBI knows your butts. They've got your butt. Before the National Fingerprint Database, they started a butt print database. They thought that would catch on more. They thought they would catch more criminals with the butt print database. Mooning was really a big thing. It was a big, big problem for the FBI in the early 50s. <laughs> We've got those German spies that we managed to capture the butts. The FBI, have you ever, have you ever sit on a copy machine with, with your pants off? Now we, the FBI, they got your butts. So stupid. Ah. Yeah, it didn't really pan out. Didn't really pan out. No, it didn't. But like, what a great threat. The oh, great threat so of like, the, we've, the FBI is analyzing these pictures of your butts. They have the technology. It's so funny. It's so stupid. <laughs> Oh, we love it. Oh, love it, love it, love it. So, in the same 1976 interview where Alan Carr said Alice Cooper would be in the film as a gym teacher, he said the principal would be Paul Lind. Now. Very different. That's a great choice. I love Paul Lind. Paul Lind should be in everything. Also would have been a great left field choice for Coach Calhoun. Absolutely. Like, I can hear that so clearly. But I'm so glad they went... With a layer of the stage Absolutely. and the cinema. <laughs> Eve Arden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, I mean, it does add an extra layer of hilarity to, like, the I got those pictures of your butts, boys, and we're mm -hmm. sending it to the, the FBI yeah. is pouring over. I'm looking over these photos with a magnifying glass. It is really nice because we don't see a lot of teachers in this film. So it's nice that, like, the person who's in charge is a woman. I agree. I appreciate and, it. And the person that's like helping out in the shop with their car. Oh God, she's great. Yeah. It's, yes. it's great. It's a great, like you would, it's a very surprising to have like a woman as like this, yeah. like mechanic as, um, yeah. I'm forgetting her, uh, her name off the top of my head, but. Ms. Murdoch. Ms. Murdoch. Of course. Of course. Of course I wrote down <laughs> Ms. Murdoch because I was like, she's right. Um, I love it. Uh, and let's finish strong with our. Final performer, Rizzo. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Stalker Channing and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Stalker Channing, you know, mentioned before on this very pod. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe, as we mentioned before, she's really good at acting. She sure is. I've seen her in an American musical on stage, Pal Jelly. Oh, right. It, uh, right. Yeah, but she was wonderful. And I was like, look at her lounging about the stage like... <laughs> Someone who's practiced. It was great. Um, I think she's wonderful. I will yeah. say mm -hmm. that normally your young Beltris will be like, I'm going to do Rizzo's song. And your sweet soprano with a mix who's learning to belt will do Hopelessly mm. Devoted. Um, but when you have a pop star singing Hopelessly Devoted, I think Stucker Channing acts the crap out of their worst insecurity. And she sings it well. And out of Look at Me, I'm Sandra Day. Which no, that's, is, like, that's two, true. She's got two great songs that's in true. this film. But, but there are worst things I could do is yeah. really like a show-stopping number. That I think like she brings the thunder. But like after having heard Olivia Newton-John like flawlessly and effortlessly I mean, sing Hopelessly Devoted, it's like, oh, okay, I, I, maybe I want someone who can like, like sing this in a slightly more exciting way. But she acts it so much better than... Ugh. I mean, I'll hear the choices, but she acts it so much better than most people that I've seen do it. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled, even though uh, there's so much stuff, uh, you know, about her being so much older than everyone else. And she was like the oldest, but she's only older than Olivia Newton-John by like three or four years. I think by four, I think uh, four years, yeah, four years. Yeah, I think I agree. I think she's so good. She acts the hell she really out of does. She just this like, movie. 
every and you need no it. You moment need it wasted. in this role. You must. Because there's so much of like all like those little flip flop flip flop of like, okay, now she's mad at Danny. Now you got this like love triangle. And you're like, okay, now it's really about her. She's always Nikki. very rooted, yeah. which is very yep. important for this part. Because also she's like all of her quips are based in like a deep sadness and cynicism. Yeah. But you have to also be able to mask it as also she's like someone who's like the character is maybe a little too young to really understand yeah. all of what's going on. That's a good point. So to not like play it like its mm. own meal, but to also not play it like it's just slick and silly. Yeah. She's also just always great to watch in the dance sequence. Like in, uh, in uh, you're the one that I want at the end. Oh no, not you're the one that I want. Uh, Summer 11. We, no, we go together. Oh. Like, I mean like the end so end. Many. Oh yes. The finale. Well, just because it's like, there's the one song and then it almost bleeds directly into the other. So I can yeah. sometimes conflate them, but uh, she's, she just has great facial reactions. She's always, and that kind of extends to all of them. They are always like so alive. Very alive. And it's not like, here we are, we're doing the dance movie. They're all like, they're having their own bits. They're like, some of them will be like, in Summer Nights, one of them, I forget, one of the pink ladies is like pretending to vomit. Um, it was like great, like details like that. She also lounges beautifully sure during does. Summer Nights. Sure does. Yeah, I don't have a ton of thoughts. Um, my, my first thought, and the problem with this person is that they're kind of in between a couple of these mm. parts but they would probably not have actually been considered for rizzo but i think they'd be really fun as rizzo and that would be bernadette peters yeah she, yeah she's I mean, I not even a see sandy her. exactly yeah I, but i could even see her as the sandy she's more of a marty energy really but marty's yeah. not nearly big enough part for bernadette at you know by this time yeah you know um and she's so funny but she'll often be playing someone because you know, she's like very busty she's very small but but she's stacked mm. you know so like <laughs> she's often playing someone who's a little like more worldwide. yeah um and she would boy would she sing it bernadette peters yeah. in 1978 yeah when that voice was so pure oh yeah oh so yeah. good Love it. um i then have and this was this was again just for me like looking around through like other musicals like roughly around this time mm. and i was like oh you know who would be i would love to see this mm -hmm. uh is lynn thigpen who was in the movie of Godspell, but most people around our age will know because she was the chief in the television show Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. The game show? Yes. Oh, wow. But she's the chief, and that's how like most people might. Because oh. also, I'm a few years older than Jeff. Yes. So, like, oh, I watched so much of that so show. So she's the chief, just this like, no-nonsense chief. But she's All also right, she's, shoes. she's one of the disciples in Godspell. Yes. Like, she I've, sings... I've, I've only seen bits and pieces. I've seen like clips of the songs from Godspell, but I've not seen the she's whole She's great. Thing. She's got like a really like like lovely earthy alto tone. Yeah. And she's like so funny and so strong. Great. Like she's clearly got fantastic comedic timing. And I was like, oh, we were robbed of more Lynn Thigpen. And then yeah, I like like I was like Cindy Lauper's the right age. I don't know that mm. she she would sing the crap out of it. She's yeah. very funny. Yeah. And if it was set in Queens, then we're all set there. Really. But um, you know, I I think obviously we got well, we are a set in, lot. we're set in Queens, California. Queens, California. Um, but Los I think Angeles, we, New York. Los Angeles, New York. <laughs> um, I think we got an awful lot of mileage out of having Stalker Channing, who, Absolutely. yeah, again, not a frame wasted. Nope. Nope. All right. So here is who is up. Give it to me for Rizzo. Lucy Arnaz was the original choice, oh. but lost out. She was allegedly dropped from consideration when her mother, Lucille Ball, called Paramount Pictures and said, quote, I used to own that studio. My daughter's not doing a screen test. Yeah. Uh, my and, hands are over my face. And uh, she's uncredited. So I don't, uh, but I think she was like just 
part of the casting department, so she's not the casting director, so I didn't mention her earlier, but uh, Marion Doherty, who's an uncredited member of the casting department, who's also done things like Midnight Cowboy and Batman and Lethal Weapon, remembered... That is, wait, that yeah. is an eclectic yeah. Oh, yeah. array of uh, projects. Uh, yeah, it sure is. No, she's, uh, as, a, as a casting director in her own right, which of course, I mean... Those are all movies that we could potentially do at Sunday. We'll get to her work later. But she remembered seeing Stalker Channing with Arnez and Sandy Duncan in the play Vanities at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. So that's why she remembered Stalker Channing. It was like, oh, let's get her. She was already thinking about Lucy Arnaz. Yeah. Oh, isn't that crazy? Vanities. I haven't thought about Vanities in roughly <laughs> 10 years, you know? Well, what would you? <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. We'll do all the guests now, and now it'll be another ten years, and then we'll think about it some more. Um, I mean, also great—that's a great cast. Lucy Arnaz, yeah. Tucker Channing, and Sandy Duncan. That's a bang up cast. That's a bang up cast, right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really familiar with Lucy Arnaz's work. I Nor I. Yeah, you know, Sandy but... Duncan, I saw played Peter Pan because who didn't? Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, that's so. God, could you imagine? Mm. It's just like, ma'am, I don't mind doing a screen test. Well, not. It's my also duh. like she's trying to be helpful. Of course. It's like yeah. it's that thing that sometimes like parents will really put a foot in it. Because that, that feels like it's also more about Lucy than it is Lucy. Of course. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to own us too. Uh, Nancy Kyes? I'm not, her last name is K-Y-E-S. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. So I'm going to go with Kyes. Uh, she's pretty much exclusively known for her work with John Carpenter, including Assault on Precinct 13, The Fog, and the movie she was doing in 1978 instead of Grease, Halloween. So nothing I've seen or probably will ever watch. <laughs> you never seen the original Halloween? No. Well, that's, I, that's a classic. I hate <laughs> horror films. I've seen The Shining because it feels like not strictly horror. I just you know love I mean? in a few weeks. Also, Shelley Duvall's in it. In a few weeks, we're going to be doing uh, all of our films for October. But we can do spooky movies in our horror. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Yeah, well, there, a lot of them are films that you've already seen. Like so, Okay. Well, well I'm not going to say on the pod, but they are some films is different that than you horror. Suspense and then terrible mm-hmm. horror is also different sure, than legitimately sure, something that is going to... Sure. I stay up at night. Halloween to me is on par with like Jaws and Psycho. That you're like, these are classic horror films. These are still, these are Psycho scary films. Psycho is but a they're, they're suspense not... film. Psycho is okay. not a horror film. There's one horror scene. It is a suspense <laughs> film. All right, all right. It all is right. a slasher. But it is also a slasher suspense with prestige actors. I, I think I think the old horror genre is kind of nudging into that description as well. That's it is my nudging. If but you want to look still... it up, I'm pretty sure it'll say it's also considered horror. <sighs> Hitchcock was the master of suspense. <laughs> he sure was, but Psycho is still very different from like his yes, other, yes, other yes, movies. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a blend. <laughs> it is a blend. Um, which I mean, I've seen Halloween. She's also in Halloween Two, which I've not seen, but that's I don't really remember her, so I don't. I can't really speak to like how she would be in Halloween Two. In this more hollow, more ween. <laughs> exactly. Halloweener. Too hollow, too weeny. <laughs> um, and finally, Adrian Barbeau, the original Broadway Rizzo. Oh. Who at the time Grease came out, she was on Maud. She was on Maud like the entire Maud. I, I used to watch that sometimes on Nick at Night. I've watched it oh. ever. For me, it was always it was Happy Days, Happy Days and Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island were Babe, always my. I like. watched <laughs> it all, um, and I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. Those were all the shows, but I I, yes. I had those blind spots, so like stuff like Maud, like just I never. Oh my seen goodness, a what's the name of. of the woman who plays the mother on Bewitched? She's another great choice for the oh, principal. Yeah, Eudora is like the character yes, name. Yes, it's yes. I'm I sorry, listener. I have a few friends remember. I'm thinking of that are screaming at me right now as they oh, listen, boy. and to you, oh, I apologize. Boy. Um, but Adrian Barbeau was passed over to play Rizzo by Channing, who's one year older than Adrian. Adrian originated Greece like eight years before mm. the movie. And that so at that point she was probably like 
in her like 24. It's really like the cast of Rent. Most of them doing the film. And then they're like, Daphne Rubin Vega. No. Yeah. Everyone else? Well, and whoever played um, Joanne? Is that her name? Because Tracy Thomas did it in the movie, who was not in the original. Yeah, that's that's, that's Joanne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but every, I never saw else. the film, so if I'm wrong, I, I'm I've only seen the film. I've you not seen only... the show. <laughs> so with our powers combined, we've seen all of Rent. <laughs> well, the, my my girl. I mean, this is like 2005. So my girlfriend at the time was a huge fan of the show, and and because this is one of the shows, like everyone was such a huge fan of it that I kind of actively despised it because sure. I was just like, I get it. Every single person I knew was singing that dang cow You're song just... or singing one. Every girl was singing the cow song. Every guy was singing one song, Glory, and I had enough of it. I did not need to hear one song, Glory, ever again. Ironically, and enough, then I had to go buy a ticket and go watch it in theaters. The one song I could play on guitar in high school was Ooh. one song, song. Glory. Your one song, also... and that was glory um, it made me laugh no um, we, we went in in sorry real quick in the movie this like woman in her like 50s was sitting like next to us this wasn't a crowded theater so it was like well, maybe a it one wasn't buffer. sold out it sure wasn't chris columbus's rent or no she was like right in front of us and so she turned was back it really chris columbus yes that's the worst choice possible isn't it just wow uh but she turned back and was like i hope you guys don't mind if i'm singing along with a movie and we were like oh no it's okay well we'll probably just like move over and she's like oh really uh, and it was we were like Yes. yes, we are not here to hear you sing, Whatever Linda. I think about Adina Menzel, she's much better at singing than you. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. Yeah, when I, I saw it on tour when I was like, like in middle school, but then I saw the Off-Broadway revival, I don't know, like 10 years ago, a little less than that. And there's definitely a girl in the row behind us. I went with my friend Melissa Doty, who got me like a free ticket. And this woman in the row behind us was singing along to everything. And then at intermission... Dodi just like says to the ether loudly and pointedly, gee, gee, do you know like every word to every song of this show, Amy Joe? I mean, I bet probably all of us in this theater know all of the words. We could probably <laughs> all sing along. Never looks at the woman. I yeah. guess who didn't pipe up during act two was this woman who had just been very passive aggressively trained. Oh, man. And then the show ended, and when you turned around, it was Bernadette Peters. It was not Bernadette Peters. <laughs> it was a late 20-something who was very excited to be there, but also right. needed it's to like prove that she knew you, every word to Lovey Bohem. This is not your time not about you. to shine. Uh, great. So, there are a few characters we didn't mention, but let's quickly run through them. So, Kanicki, it's Jeff Conaway. Uh, he was a replacement Danny during the Broadway run of Grease. Mm-hmm. And before that, he understudied Sonny, Danny, Teen Angel, Johnny Casino, Vince Fontaine, Eugene, Duty, Roger, and Kamiki. These days, these days, for a long-running show, <laughs> you're going to get paid a lot of money to understudy yeah. 12 parts. I don't know. I mean, maybe he started understudying, like, Eugene, like, a few of the small roles, and then he grabbed, or I don't know. I know he might have, I it might have switched think, it up. I do think they used to have fewer understudies and swings back yeah. in the day. I mean, but geez, that's yeah. you're on all the time then. In yeah. a show that's running eight years, you're on all the time. I know, which I, I think he's fine as Kaneki. It's like he apparently he had to stoop because he was only like a half inch shorter than Travolta and they wanted him to look much shorter. I know. So much nonsense like that. I mean My he lost eyes are rolling. He lost so his far. song, he had to stoop. Oh. Um But he yeah. still got the great line, which is probably my most oft quoted line from this film. Aiki from Kaniki's like a Hallmark card. Man. It's just never not funny to me. A hickey from Kine- I mean, I could say it all day. 
We love a little like a, it's a little internal rhyme. Yeah, I don't have a lot of options for him other than me. I realized I want to play Kaneki. Uh Particularly if I get to sing Grease Lightning. Of course, of course. Um, but that's my, I think that's my track yeah. in the show. Yeah, great. Uh, there's Duty, played by Barry Pearl. Who he's I kind of he's the one I forget the most because Sonny is the one that looks too old and Putsy's the blonde one and yes. he's like the other guy. But he's he's very fun. Like he actually he looks a bit more age appropriate and he's he sure like, does. He's very clowning and charming, yeah. you know. And he's got that great moment at the end that I finally realized was not a real dog. Where they're all in like the card <gasps> the cardboard. I had never noticed the little that cardboard either. cutouts at the fair and they're all like. There's that gross one with Sunny and what's her face where she's like a girl in a bikini and he's a gorilla and this for whatever reason this cutout is pinching this gorilla's nipple and I'm like that's just, why did we why what is with what is that hey, gross gross but just, yeah no it was it's disgusting a, but it's his, a his fake dog yes him he's in one and then the other is like this little French bulldog and as a kid I thought it was a real French bulldog and because then, then he looks at it like whoa whoa what where'd you come from I get the dog oh yeah yeah and now I realize there's a puppet and then the next shot you see in the background. All these little like little toy French, uh, like little French bulldogs it. that he clearly won, and at so this he's fair. holding it, and it looks very fake once you actually are looking yeah. at that, and not the very charismatic actor's face. Like he's got one of those really flexy cartoon faces. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm always just like, oh, I looked at his face, and not like this fake right. dog. I know that was a great, great catch by Jeff Ronan. Um, and Sonny, who's Michael Tucci, who he was 31 when they were filming. Well, you can tell. You sure can. I uh, man, yeah. He's so he, he's lovely, but he just fine. reads way too old. Well, he's also someone on on Broadway. He'd understudied duty. Eugene, Johnny Casino, Kaneki, Roger. And also Sunday, on Broadway, you're in a bigger space. Spontane, you can be further and, uh, away. Danny. Yeah, I mean everybody. Yeah, we get it. Just but saying, then but was a replacement at different times. Apparently, I'm assuming he didn't do all these three at the same time for Roger, Teen Angel, and Kaneki. He all then played. For some period of time in the Broadway mm-hmm. production. So it's like, I, I love it. I love that you're like, get to casting so many of these Broadway actors. Yeah. But by the time you get around to filming this movie, this guy does not, so many of them don't look like they belong no, in high school. I, I will say he especially. is, he is deli- it's a delightful performance that looks yeah. weird because he just reads too old. And it's not like yeah. he looks old. He just looks like someone who there's no way this guy is in his late teens, early 20s. And as you mentioned, Paul Rudd, as Danny would like to have seen, all, all I saw looking at these T-Birds was I wanted Ken Marino and Jolo Truglio <laughs> as, uh, as Sonny and... Yes, and, uh, a, a Wet Hot American Duty Summer Reunion. And, and maybe Michael Showalter as, uh, as Putsy or someone. Oh my so gosh. Or, or, or what's anyway. it? I forget the actor's name who plays, who's the blonde in Wet Hot American Summer who plays I, like the assistant to the I, chef. Couldn't tell you. I, 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 AJ I someone? Anyway. Oh, and then, of course, another great choice for Coach Calhoun, Chris Maloney. <laughs> You've really nailed it, kid. You've got it. Or David Hyde Pierce. It's e- e- <laughs> who? Is, mm, yeah, yeah. Because there's not really another track for the gentleman, is there? Unless suddenly we have like a Livy Newton John's father. Right. Or I mean, if it was Paul Lynn as the principal. If, if you're like, it doesn't matter what the gender then is. Then you can see David Hyde yeah. Pierce is just put upon principal or whatnot. For sure. Um, and the other T bird that we haven't mentioned yet, Putsy, who's like. The rest of the movie is like the innocent, like sweet one. But you intru- your introduction to him is him looking up girl skirts. So it's kind of like, come on. Like, you're, yeah, I wonder if so, many, it's so, been so, so much awful, awful, oh my gosh, awful, it's really gross, misogynistic it's been nonsense so in this film. so long since I've read the libretto that I do wonder if they all had more lines and then they just gave them all to Sonny. Because he has, he seems to have more lines than the other 
three. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I could be so wrong, but it feels like they could have been more equally mm. distributed. And then yeah. we just like spend more time with this one guy because it's easier on camera. I don't know. That's a good point. Um, But the actor, Kelly Ward, came to auditions to help out choreographer Patricia Birch Aww. and wound up getting cast as Patsy. That's wonderful. I know. And, but he also apparently appeared as a very similar supporting, like sarcastic supporting character in the boy in the plastic bubble with Travolta. Well, what do you know? It's a small, small world. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, and let's just briefly touch on those pink ladies, those other pink ladies. Uh, you got Jan with Jamie Donnelly, who reprised her role as Jan from the Broadway She's show. She's delightful. Brusha, brusha, brusha is iconic. It's your favorite. Whoa, I would do it. It's candy for you. All the time. You sure Often while do. brushing my... I don't know that I do it that much in our current <laughs> life, but certainly I'm sure not as much life. as you did when you were younger, but... Uh... You'll still, you'll still knock it out on occasion. Well, if you're brushing your teeth twice a day, that's a lot of opportunities to sing brush a brush a brush in your life. <laughs> Am I wrong? What is it? Is it like a little woodchuck or like a little beaver? It's like a little, I think it is. Some, like something that, like a, yeah, I guess a that's woodchuck because like, they're, because they've got like teeth. little chumpy teeth. Um, but she's she's great. She's so she's fun. Delightful. She's so funny. So funny. I mean, of course, like all kinds of Hollywood nonsense of like her being fat where you're like, where? What? Where? Who? In what way? Is like, like yeah is this like a yeah tracy turnblad sitch where you're, you're you're having your actors have to dance so hard and move so much that they are like sweating I all mean, the weight off maybe. i don't know like but also she's it's like, just like are you so kidding me skinny she looks like the exact same as the other girls it's yes. like even more egregious than it usually is in this kind of nonsense Absolutely. there's dinah manoff as marty uh who's great i kind of she's some the one the one i keep forgetting like in the film, like yeah. i don't know if it's just because she's got more to do in the musical and maybe some of that got cut but like she's the one that i'm always like because yeah. Frenchie and Jan make a much bigger impact to me. For sure. Yeah. Kind of similar know. to Again, Duty. Yeah. Having not seen it on the stage in so long. It, right. It's also different when you have a camera and you can choose who you're going to put in a shot versus on stage. The the lighting and staging is telling you where to look, but sure. you can look wherever you want as an yeah. audience member. Um, but I think she does a fine job. I just yeah. think I just think that she is not given as much to do no, as the others, God. like Frenchie, Didi Khan. Didi Khan, so good. the only actor to be in Greece, Greece too, and that Greece live that Fox did, where she played a uh, Vi, the older woman in the diner. Oh, perfect! Isn't that great? I love Didi. She's Khan. so good. She's so great. Yeah, she is. It, it is like it's like she also reminds me. It's like young. I could see young Ellen Green. It's like the other person I could. Yes, exactly. See in this, but she um she she's great. married to David Shire, legendary composer Ooh. of film and musical theater, well, and they're yeah. still together. They're very charming. Hmm. Um and yeah, she's great. I think she's she nails it. She's so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Truly, she has less to do than I remember when I was younger because I just thought. Her voice that she was using and the way she used it was so funny. I thought it was a bigger part than it feels yeah. like watching it now, you know? But yeah. It's a very charming performance. And we have to mention Susan Buckner as Patty Simcox. We've been talking about her crush. so much. So good. Full crush. I was, it's kind of sad to know. Apparently, the main cast all became a very tight-knit family during filming, but that kind of extended. It was like based on their characters. So she was kind of ostracized. So she doesn't have really and a they group. Would, but they'd also just make fun of her. Which I felt bad about because she, I mean, who knows? She could have also been like a lot, even if she's just a wonderful human being, but is just fully committed to her character. She could have been staying in character the whole time and been insufferable in that way. You know, yeah. um, I don't know, but she's like incredible in this film. I think it's so good. It feels like so uh, like a heightened version, but also so true to people that I yeah. know times that I myself have been deeply invested in something. <laughs> You've got that weird, like the five seconds where Danny 
and her and and he's like later later and you're like wait what's going on like we're now is now he's like pursuing her it's like that's also where you're like wait there's so many there's a lot there's so like love, love um dodecahedrons love, octagonal octagonal love hmm. quadrants <laughs> math, math science um and eugene who's uh, eddie deason which i just love this was his first movie Aww. and he's also great i mean it's also just like Honestly, you just should have sh- cut this character from the movie. Because maybe on stage this reads differently. But on the movie, he's only there to be a punching bag from your Absolutely. heroes of the film. And it's never... Da- Danny's never the one that's, like, a, a huge but jerk to him. Still, but all of his friends yeah. are. And, like, for no reason. I think on stage, you're gonna... He's probably also gonna double his dancing ensemble. Yeah. So you have a little bit more leeway because that actor at least is getting to right. do stuff that's not just... Like this. And at least he... I mean, he does... At the end, he... He creams Sid Caesar in the face of that pie, sure and does. he's like, "Now he's gonna be a hit baseball hey. player." And meanwhile, the, the other T birds are gonna be in summer school. They sure are. And also, you know what? It's just a great reminder that you can be cool and bad at sports at the same time. True. They originally thought that might be the sequel. That might be Grease Two because that's a ba- summer school, mm. and then you could still get if you could like Everybody. get into production quickly, you could still get like a lot of the, the main cast back. And then by the time they were like doing it, they had they still had like you know. Frenchie and a few few and the principal and Eve Arden of course and a few people like in it but they were like oh now we're a little far enough away so I think that's like maybe 82 like four years later that early I thought it was later than so. that I could be wrong I'm not gonna look it up because I don't care Great. if we ever do Grease 2 then I'll look up the date oh, <laughs> um so in that same interview where Alan Carr said Alice Cooper and Paul Lind would be appearing in my movie he revealed a few more people. So this and this with can, such confidence. It I know. Like. Apparently, really. I wonder if it was like when uh when Mel Brooks kind of like awkwardly like asked Martin Short to be in the producers like live on live television. Martin uh, Short was like, "Well, I guess we're gonna talk about that off air, Mel, because I don't want to do that." Um, I mean, then he did. Oh uh, yes, but not on you know. I think in L.A. I don't think on Broadway. Regardless, he, did, he, did he still. He well. rega- I'm sure he did. Yeah. I'm sure he was great. But regardless, it was still like oh, don't yeah, put people yeah, on the spot yeah. like that. So it's, it's funny like to imagine. On a jumbo. Oh my god, it's funny to imagine. Yeah, Alan Carr just saying these names, and these people are like, "Wait, what? What?" I'm like my reps never told me that. I know, but with this, you really see like how they wanted like, in terms of like whatever you've got like Paul Lynn, you've got like. Your starry supporting uh-huh. cast is like the older roles. Here's who we have. Lily Tomlin as the home economics teacher. Oh, love. Nancy Walker, Ida on Rhoda, as uh, the shop teacher. She teach Great. shop. Uh, and then Alan Carr wanted as the art teacher, Andy Warhol. <laughs> but one unnamed studio executive said he would not have that man in the movie which Carr interpreted as the executive having a personal vendetta against the legendary artist which i'm like what why well he was quite a controversial figure at the time i could also see some, i had like, the idea for the soup can first I he stole it from me someone with a lot of money who yeah. Uh, has a bee in his bonnet about uh, the way he was uh, accepted by the establishment. Sure. Something like that. Now that pop art has taken off, my Rothko is only worth eight million dollars. I mean, that doesn't sound unrealistic. Uh, you're probably it's probably is something as stupid something as, as, pe- as, stupid as, as that. Just like yeah, yeah, money or like he snubbed him at an opening or something like that. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, finally, before our final thoughts, uh, here are some of the actors in the original Broadway production that either opened it or were different replacements but like some big big names of people that in some cases like weren't big names yet passed through that show including mm-hmm. of course as the original danny barry bostwick right uh mary lou henner who you mentioned mm-hmm. as replacement marty 
Patrick Swayze and Treat Williams were replacement Dannys. And that's another Williams. Patrick Swayze also a good choice. Yeah, you didn't have absolutely. Travolta. I mean, or I mean, Patrick Swayze also I think would have been a great Kaneki. I think so. That actually works for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as we discussed in Chicago, Richard Gere was an understudy that's for right. Vince Fontaine, Eugene, already forgotten. Roger Kaneki, Sonny, Danny, Teen Angel, and Johnny Casino. Mm. Then was for replacement Sonny and played Danny in the London production. Mm-hmm. So, Amy Joe, your final thoughts on Grease. Anything we haven't touched yet? Any other? Let what do you got? See. I do, um, do want to shout out, because I mentioned her, but not by name, Eileen Graff, who was the original replacement for Sandy. Yes, um, yes, who, yes, yes, yes. You know, if you ever watch Mr. Belvedere, she was the mother on that show, <laughs> and she's done many a film and television show, and she's wonderful. I just realized I hadn't said her name, and that yeah. felt wrong. I love you, Eileen. <laughs> oh, um, we love you, Eileen. Let me see. The little greaser that could is a thing that I wrote down. Oh, yes. Oh, Grease Lightning. Grease Lightning McQueen. Grease Lightning McQueen. As the children's book story that we're going to pitch where the car, kind of like a Herbie Love Bug said, she's going to, yeah. This is such a minor detail, but it just stuck with me so hard. And that's the last shot of the number Grease Lightning. When they go back into like, now we're no longer in these cool jumpsuits Mm -hmm. and now we're back on this hunk of junk. Yeah. It is like a a reference to Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> so wonderfully like, random. It clearly is. I was like, that seems fascinating. Um, but I guess I enjoyed it. So those yeah. are my final thoughts. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm so glad we did this film. This oh, was so. I haven't seen this same. in so long. Thank you again to Kara Kaufman Kara. for recommending it because I hadn't even. This wasn't even my radar in terms of like. I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know all the casting options until I started uh, digging in and doing the research. Um, so after the success of the first movie, once again, top grossing musical in the U.S. Woo! at that point, uh, this movie was supposed to have three sequels. But after Grease 2 bombed. Wait, like a two and a three or three sequels? Three like, sequels. Oh so Grease. It's the Grease 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, but after Grease 2 bombed, and it was 1982, uh, after it bombed at the box office, those plans were canceled. In 2002, Dee Dee Khan, Olivia Newton-John, and John Travolta were all pushing to have a Grease 3 produced, which would focus on the original cast and characters many years later, in another decade, like the 70s or the 90s. But this movie never got beyond the planning stages. You don't say. Why would you want to see... I don't, but some... Danny Zuko at 50. Having to come to terms that he can't be this greaser bad boy. You gotta anymore. have a really good like hook to get me in there. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? it would be? It would be like all of their kids are now attending yeah. Rydell High, so you're they having these like split narrative of like the parents and and all and yada yada. And Ooh. it would be dumb, and nobody wanted it, so we're not gonna get it. Amy Jo, Jeff, what are you recommending this week? Well, normally I don't like work hard to pair the recommendation with the film we've done, but mm-hmm. I have a perfect recommendation that lines up exactly with this great so there's this musical theater um actor performer dramaturg teacher that i know named amara brady and in like i think mid-may she started dropping a youtube series called skinny and white aren't character traits in this paper i'll explain and she breaks down how a lot of characters are traditionally cast and the first episode is on Greece and Rizzo specifically. Mm. She sings There Are Worse Things I Could Do, but talks about like the fact that yes, there are in fact black Italians in the world. Like that, like taking our preconceived notions of like 
the history like there's yeah. there's an episode that she does on um sound of music and so she takes us through like the history of black people in austria you know this sort of thing so it's it's really fun dramaturgy she's also like a sensational performer oh, wow. so you can find uh her on youtube if you just search for skinny and white aren't character traits it'll pop up the series will pop up uh the youtube channel is unsolicited productions and you can find her on instagram at brady not the bunch amazing jeff Amy Jo. Why are you recommending this week? Uh, well, similar to you, I, I don't n- normally go super out of my way to try to pair the movie and the recommendation, but I was like, ah, I kind of wanted to recommend a musical, and it's this isn't the most obscure thing, but it's still a little more underseen than than I think it should be, is uh, the 2016 uh, movie musical Sing Street from director Joe, John Carney, who uh, directed Once. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really charming movie about these teenagers in dublin in the 80s trying to put together a rock band That's and just so fun. make their dreams it's so fun the music it's such is a incredible great great music i was shocked that it didn't get any best song nominations at the oscars that year drive it like you stole it uh i've listened to, to drive you. it like you stole it on repeat yeah fun fact listener we walked down the aisle uh to a song from sing street to, to find you yeah we walked down to a little uh piano cello arrangement of to find you because it's a good so yeah amazing sound. yeah worth check out the soundtrack and then be like oh oh okay cool 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 let me i should be watching yeah listen to drive amazing. it like you stole yeah. it and then the movie's just so fun they made yeah. it into a broadway musical that because of off-broadway musical well oh, right. no it transferred oh, right. just, I totally but then forgot. because right. of covid was, like uh, there's been a lot yeah. of complications so yeah. it's in theory opening again spring yeah. 2021 who's to say but the gosh the movie's good yeah, like same with Once. It's like, I think a lot of people saw that show that never saw the movie. And so also a movie worth revisiting because mm. I love, love, love Once. But uh, Sing Street as well. So uh, yeah, check it out. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us like Kara Kaufman did at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at and almost starring. It's a real hoot over there on the Insta. <laughs> and on Facebook at and almost starring. We try to make it a hoot as well. I control the Facebook. Amy Joe controls the Instagram. I'm trying to keep up with her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy. No, I'm the one that you want. <laughs> and Grease is the word. Thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs> <laughs>